Have you ever done any musical theater, Abbas? I have actually. I'm training as a singer these days, and I'm learning Eastern classical music. Oh. Could, can you? Uh, will you? Will you sing something for us? <laughs> the Secret Life of a Development Practitioner today on In Asia from the Asia Foundation. I'm John Rieger, and I'm Tracy Young. Our guest this week has been a regular contributor to In Asia for years, but how well do we really know him? His pandemic project with the Asia Foundation to support vulnerable communities and fight COVID misinformation in South Asia is coming to an end. And he joins us today from the city of Karachi, where it's two o'clock in the morning. Abbas Hussein, welcome to In Asia. Thank you so much for having me. You know, here in the U.S., it, it really feels like people have kind of lost interest in COVID-19. They're, the masks are gone. People are dining out. Is it the same way in Pakistan? It is. It is indeed. Just a little while ago, I just landed from Lahore and I was the only one in the plane who was wearing a mask. I think my aunt and myself. And your contract with the Asia Foundation is also coming to an end. Uh, you've been part of a project to increase community resilience to COVID-19 in India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Bangladesh and the Maldives. So this was a multi-country project. It was a multi-country project, yes. A, a big part of the project was combating misinformation, which has really become its own kind of global plague. You've actually called it a parallel pandemic, a fake news pandemic. The fake news pandemic was a problem across South Asia. I mean, I, on my WhatsApp, came across so many broadcast messages about how vaccines lead to impotency. I mean, that was one rumor that was spreading like wildfire in Pakistan. And another one was that you would die within two years of getting vaccinated. I mean, as dramatic wow. as that. <laughs> so this was definitely a, a pandemic of fake news. Can you give us some examples of how you tried to address this fake news? We tried to promote accurate information through various uh, social media as well as broadcast media outlets. And we tried to use scientifically verified information to challenge the kind of fake news which was being spread at that point in time. We also trained youth ambassadors as well as other community groups to spread accurate information. And in Pakistan, for instance, 339 youth ambassadors were trained in the art of combating rumors. When you're building people's capacity to recognize and counteract fake news online, you know, give me some techniques. I would like to build some people's capacity to do that, too. I mean, that's a good question. The people that you assign to combat misinformation, you give them a list of popular rumors and you ask them to keep a lookout for those rumors. And then you give them information sources. For example, the WHO has mentioned that, you know, vaccinations don't cause impotency, that it's safe for pregnant women to get vaccinated. So, you know, they give them a list of all this information and they give them the source of that information with which to challenge those people. So, you know, basically when someone is more well-informed, they're able to tackle uh, those rumors and they're able to create a counter-narrative based on robust information. Would you say your endeavor was successful? Like, how do you measure um, a success for a project like that? One important measure of success is looking at the number of people who engaged with our posts on social media. 
through uh, broadcast media channels, whether radio or uh, news channels on television. And also in terms of changed behavior, uh, we have done in-country uh, independent evaluations where evaluators uh, conducted a lot of interviews with beneficiaries and different stakeholders. Now we'll have a regional evaluation as well. So Abbas, you have written for us repeatedly over the years on social justice issues. Um, you've written about Pakistan's backlog courts, the movement for alternative dispute resolution, the growing number of women lawyers and judges. Uh, what what draws you to these issues? I think uh, living in a developing country, uh, you see a lot of inequality. There are uh, vulnerable groups, especially those who are not affluent, who have little access to justice and other resources, which many of us take for granted. That was something that I was passionate about changing always. And I adopted different mediums of expressing myself in that regard. So, for example, I did theater for social change. I wrote articles to express myself. There was a lot of like, you know, passion inside of me. So I used to go on these demonstrations as well. Then I did a course in documentary production as well, because I thought that was another profound way of expressing my angst against this injustice that I observed around me. I mean, of course, that social injustice, social inequality, I think that's an issue that exists world over. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I was seeing that around me as well. So uh, that was something I wanted to talk about, discuss, analyze, get to the roots of and try and, you know, make sense of and hopefully... Uh, whether it's me being like a drop in the ocean, but trying to make a difference in whatever way I could, basically. Here's one of the reasons we like your blog posts, Abbas. In 2019, you wrote this in a story about alternative dispute resolution. Litigation is a scenario in which you go in as a bull, but leave as a sausage. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great material, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, here's a lead from a story you wrote in 2018. In his old age, a long-standing property dispute became the bane of Abdul Hamid Khan's existence. The father of four sons and three daughters, Khan had been left like Shakespeare's King Lear without a roof over his head. Now, now the in Asia, in Asia is a blog about international development in Asia, so we don't get many references to Shakespeare. Uh, should this tell us anything about your other interests? Yes, uh, I, I do have a link to the performing arts, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, and uh, with Shakespeare in particular, because I did this uh, Shakespeare production, which was part of uh, the World Shakespeare Festival in 2012, which preceded the London Olympics. So I had the opportunity to perform at the Globe Theatre, which is like the mecca for actors. So yeah, uh, acting is my passion. What, 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 uh, what play did you perform at the Globe? Uh, we performed Taming of the Shrew, but we tried to do it in a non-misogynistic way because it ah. is a misogynistic <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's nice. So uh, updated. Revisionist yes, Shakespeare. Uh, revisionist. <laughs> and since we believe in gender empowerment, all of us who uh, were behind the production, uh, there were a lot of women who were in the production. So we decided to do it in an ironic way. Uh, and we <laughs> questioned the whole uh, patriarchal sense that was embedded in the script. Have you ever done any musical theater, Abbas? I have actually, but I'm actually, since you mentioned music, I'm training as a singer these days and I'm learning Eastern classical uh, music. Oh. Could, can you, uh, will you, will you sing something for us? <laughs> <laughs> not at the moment. Maybe I'm not well trained enough to do that. 
the chicken. <laughs> That's just the impact of John. You're so intimidating. What can I say, John? Look. Um, you know, I guess uh, I guess we can't ignore the fact that a third of Pakistan is underwater right now. Yes. At a time when the country is already under extraordinary economic stress. When you look around, doesn't it make you lose heart? One thing that I see around me, and I have seen around me since childhood, a very strong sense of philanthropy exists in our people. And a lot of relief has been pouring in from, you know, local quarters as well as international quarters. And it's very heartening to see, you know, everyone coming together to help the people who've been affected by the floods. And I'm heartened. I am relieved that people are getting help. But just like there was a pandemic fatigue, I hope there isn't a donor fatigue because people's homes have been swept away, their incomes have gone, and there's just destruction beyond one's imagination. You know, something about you, boss that really comes through is that you're an optimist. How do you hang on to that optimism? I don't think you can have social change without hope because if there's a sense of despondency, then you just give up. And then how will you create social change if you have a defeatist attitude? So I believe in being an optimist and I believe in trying against all odds to make a difference. So um, so what's next for you then, Abbas? Okay, so what's next for me? So uh, the world's my oyster, as generic as that sounds. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure looking... he's going to break into song any minute, honestly. <laughs> you wish, John. <laughs> I actually want to do short films because, you know, I have had very little experience of on-camera acting. And so, yeah, that's something I would be interested in. But uh, as far as the development sector is concerned, I think it's a very interesting time to be a development practitioner because in the post-COVID period, a lot of the work has become remote. So uh, I've been applying for those. I've been talking to different teams and organizations. And yeah, so uh, let's see. Nothing's firmed up at this point, but fingers crossed. I hope that something... Uh, interesting pans out for me. The Asia Foundation's Abbas Hussein. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've enjoyed our conversation tremendously. You are very welcome. The pleasure was all mine. We are very disappointed you didn't sing, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show for this week. It's a talk show. It is. And next week, we'll be talking to pioneering journalist, advocate, and Nobel Peace Prize winner, Maria Ressa. That's one not to miss. We hope you'll join us. Until then, I'm Tracy Young. And I'm John Rieger. Thanks for listening. Thank you.